Hello, everybody. My name is Ross Harris. You are listening to Kingdom City, reclaiming sports journalism. <laughs> I did the intro. I did the intro wrong. I did the intro wrong anyway. <laughs> so I have to redo. Okay, here we go. Everyone, welcome to Kingdom City, reclaiming sports journalism for Christ and His Kingdom. On this week's episode, we wrap up the NBA season, the NHL season, talk about those pesky sisters of perpetual indulgence, and electrifying news in the world of soccer. All this and more on Kingdom City. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Kingdom City. My name is Ross Harris, and I am joined, as always, by my partner in crime, Gideon Beeler. Gideon, welcome back, and happy Father's Day, my friend. Oh, happy Father's Day to you as well. Thank you so much. It was a great weekend. We uh, missed having you last week, but we had a good interview with Garrison Hardy. Hope you guys were able to tune in and listen to that as we talked about how we go about reclaiming sports for Christ. And I'm get- getting ready for this episode. We had the off week last week, Gideon, and... I am ready to wrap up our thoughts on NBA, ready to wrap up this NHL season as we go into the long days of summer where it's a bit of a dry spell Mm. as we count down now the last 12 weeks until football starts. Yeah, it's a dry spell when your local baseball team is the worst in the major leagues. Yeah, we've done it. We are number 30. (laughs) So we have have all of us in... uh, Kansas City Royals Kingdom have literally nothing to look forward to <laughs> in uh, the summer as all of our young players are not progressing and our good players are about to be sold on the chopping block. <laughs> so, yeah. is it lots of <laughs> lots of eschatological optimism coming out of here <laughs> in the baseball realm of Kingdom <laughs> City. But let's get back to our main leading topic. We are able to finally put a bow on two of these sports. They're wrapped up. Let's start with, of course, the NBA. We had the NBA Finals. It was Denver versus Miami. We came into this series thinking Denver was much better than the Miami Heat on paper. Mm-hmm. Denver was Denver had a very impressive showing in their playoff series even where they beat Minnesota in five. Mm-hmm. They beat the Phoenix Suns, Phoenix Suns in six. six. They beat the Lakers, who were a good team in a sweep, and then we were thinking, my gosh, what are they going to do to this Miami team who is an eight seed? And you picked five games for the Nuggets to win this one because you trusted how dominant they were. I picked six. 
Gideon, you were right. The Denver wins this one in five. Tell us what happened here, man. Yeah, man. Uh, well, like I said, that old Eric Spolstra, he's worth one game, and and they got the one, <laughs> and that's all. In they Denver. Got. In Denver. In Denver. Because the, the Nuggets let off the gas in game yeah. two, and I wasn't expecting that. Denver was undefeated at home right. going into that game. I mean, and they had they were up, I want to say either six or eight points going into the fourth quarter. So you think, oh, that's it, man, lights mm-hmm. out, and man, the Heat just did what they do and come back. And you think, oh, now it's a series. Mm-hmm. It's one one. Yeah. Oh my goodness, and the Heat won one in Denver, and then it just got bad door there. slammed yeah. shut everyone's i think all the fans in miami are just like waiting on tyler hero like he was gonna be yeah. the hero <laughs> yeah. and no he wasn't no he was more like the uh, greek sandwich hero than the <laughs> than the superhero <laughs> no it's uh the, the nuggets the nuggets were out, just outstanding michael malone's adjustments down the stretch the the way that they deployed aaron gordon to cover Jimmy Butler, his size and his ability to just physically wear down Miami scorers yeah. whenever they needed him to, and combining that with his ability to when they when one needed to get t- between between ten and twenty points as well, he he to me besides Jokic and Murray was the game changer for the Nuggets. Yeah, it was. I mean, also Jokic being you know. The only player in NBA Finals history to have a thirty, twenty, and ten game. Like, yeah, it's just insane to think about. Yeah. Like we watched something that has never been done mm-hmm. in the finals ever. He is the only player in NBA history in the postseason to lead the postseason in points, rebounds, and assists ever. Gosh! But remember, according to Kendrick Perkins, he's only he only was voted MVP. Because he was white. <laughs> Remember. Remember. But he insinuated. <laughs> he insinuated. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Perk. Yeah. I want to make sure I get that right. Yeah. And also, Perk, I don't know if you saw, but Perk tried to walk it back and say, oh, he's the greatest player on earth. There's no question about it. Like, Nuh-uh. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Watch his interview with... Um, uh, I, I, he did one in one interview. I think it was with Stephen A. Smith or something. On um, first take. Yeah, but wow. Yeah, he tried. He tried to walk it back. Well, that's been all, in the sports world. That's been the, the talk since the finals have been over. Is okay. So is Jokic now the greatest player on planet Earth right now? It's yes. Like, yeah, I mean, but if he would have, you know, like I don't know, I th- Giannis this still comes to mind for mm-hmm. me. But, yeah, I mean, obviously because it's fresh in our minds, mm-hmm. he's doing stuff that no one's ever done. It's like, holy cow. And I always think it's funny how, like, sports talk shows, Ross, they, after someone wins, they just, like, their their topics are, well, who's going to match up against this team next year? It's just, like, assumed they're going to go, like, okay, so now the Nuggets won. So because they did it one year, obviously now the expectation is they have to do it the next five years. It's like, yo, chill out. Like, let them – you know, enjoy winning this championship before you talk about a repeat and then a three P. It's like right, chill out. It's hard to do what they just did. Right. Well, just repeating in any sport is so incredibly difficult. I yeah. think the Warriors were the last team in the NBA to do it, yep. and then the O three or sorry, the O four O five Patriots were the last football team to do it, NFL team to do it. Uh-huh. Um, and then baseball, I believe it was the early two thousands Yankees that were the last team to do it there. So. Like it's, this is not easy. Even in hockey, hockey it's not easy either. 
even going back, I think Does the it happen a lot in hockey. Uh, you know I more th- of hockey history than me. I think it was the sixteen seventeen Penguins were the last team to repeat. Okay. In, in that sport, but it it just it just doesn't happen. Um, but Jokic has probably wrestled that title of best player in the world. And the funny thing is, I don't even think he cares. He absolutely does not. Like you saw the champagne celebration at the end of the game. He did like one squirt of the champagne bottle, then puts it down and he's like, hey. he, <laughs> I he just lost his, his, his MVP every, trophy. Like just left it. He's just like, I just want to go home and look at my horses. Yeah. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> I, was, I told my wife, I'm like, look at him. He has no emotion. He's just like, yeah. Joby's done. Nick's Job. And, and like, they're, <laughs> they're asking him, like, yo, N- Nicola, when do you, what are you going to be, what do you think of the parade and everything? He's like, what? I don't want to go to the parade. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess he did say at the parade, he said, this is the greatest day of my life. Yeah. Which is sad because he's married and has and a kid. Has a kid. <laughs> <laughs> but, and, and not even winning it, but the right, parade. Right. <laughs> so. <laughs> Maybe he was a little intoxicated. I, I think. Know. I think. I think. Yeah, he might be a little bit intoxicated. At but seven foot two eighty, it probably takes a lot to get you a little intoxicated. <laughs> he probably had a full barrel or two <laughs> sloshing around the in him. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, it, so the, be- the the number one ranked tennis player in the world and number one basketball player in the world are both from the same small country in Europe, Serbia. Really, no- Novak Djokovic, Nikola Jokic, hmm. both from uh, like. That's pretty cool for that those cool. for them over there. Like, that's a lot to hang their hat. It's also on. cool that he was like a nobody. He was a second round pick in 2014. Like he, he was drafted during a Taco Bell commercial. <laughs> like they aired a Taco Bell commercial while he was being drafted. That's a perfect story then, for him because he just didn't even want to be on TV. I Honestly, I think he would prefer if they just didn't televise the games. Oh yeah, like that's probably why he enjoys being in Denver so much. Yeah. Nobody watches it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, they are now, right? Yes, I mean, the they, they, they have to watch now, and because not only do they have Nikola Jokic, but Jamal Murray. What Man, a postseason for this like, guy! Is he has the question is has he cemented himself as like the the number two in mm-hmm. the NBA? Like that's my question going to next season. Like, is there a better number two than Jamal Murray? So the conversation has to absolutely be had because I think right now he is firmly flirting in that ground in between all-star and in between all NBA. He's somewhere in that middle ground right now. But he's never been either. Right. It's weird. So, but I think I think now, because the argument was always, what, are we going to see bubble Murray? Or are we going to see the pre-injury Jamal mm-hmm. Murray? But we've seen him now for a full season. This is the same guy he was back during the the, the bubble, mm-hmm. the, the 2019-2020 se- uh, postseason. And I think this is the guy that we're going to see shoot up not only all-star votes, but if he keeps playing like this, start to work his way into all-NBA votes. Yeah, absolutely. Especially at the you know point guard position. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to think of another like no, like number two who I'd take over him. I mean, you like, like we, maybe Jalen Brown. If I think of other number twos, probably Devin Booker comes to mind. If Kevin okay, Durant. yeah, I guess. Kevin, but Devin Booker was I mean, he had he had a few they, supernatural games and then he went nothing. Yeah, but he's a number one. It's weird they yeah. have two number ones yeah. with Kevin with that's KD true. there. Like that's because it's not Chris Middleton. The fact that Bradley Beal is going to be a three there, right? Because okay, let's just, comparing Jamal Murray, it's not Chris Middleton. No, it's not. Uh, he's better. I'd take Murray over Middleton. Right. It's not James Harden. It's not. No, take uh, Murray over Harden. It's not uh, Jalen Brown. That's the one that I would. I may take over Murray. Maybe. Yeah. 
that's the one that I'm like, uh, yeah. Jalen Brown's good. Speaking of Jalen Brown, I sent you that video of something the my the Heat realized that Eric Spolstra realized about whenever Jalen Brown goes left. Yeah. How cool was that? I know. How cool. I love coaching, coaching like that. Yeah. That's so cool. Anyway, Jamal Murray, I you got I think I feel like you have to make the argument that he might be the the best number two currently in the NBA. Right, which normally means is is <clears throat> what I'm thinking of is like, okay, are we going to have like another dynasty here where you have this this pairing of Murray and Jokic and some other pieces, right? Because mm-hmm. obviously they're not going to be able to keep all these guys. Eventually, these guys are going to want money, and then, mm-hmm. but like in this short period of time, now I'm getting into this like. Post right after someone wins a championship. Well, now we need to win five. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I'm thinking like the next five years, right? Are you, the question is, are you going to be able to have Murray be okay being, you know, the best number two? Or is he going to be like, I want to be number one mm-hmm. on my own team? You need to trade me. You know what I'm saying? He would be so like, foolish to do like that. that kind of, but, but I mean, a lot of, if he's a legacy guy, he's like, I want my own legacy. And he thinks. You know, he really believes that he can go win a championship by himself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that he's the number one and Jokic is the number two, then, I mean, why not, right? Yeah. But, yeah, you, you hope that, especially if you're a Denver fan, you hope mm-hmm. don't leave, right? This is a great yeah. pairing. I think if the pairing can stay together and they can be mildly more amicable than Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen are <laughs> when their career is over, I think that should be <laughs> the goal. <laughs> But well, that Michael and, and Scotty stuff is real new. Like I know it's all it's of a wild. Scotty just hates him. Yeah, and I don't think any of that stuff that he thinks about back when they were playing was ever actually true. I, I, it has to be stuff that just come up because of the last dance. That's probably he's mad because his son's married or dating his ex-wife or something. I don't know. Yeah, that brought that may or may not have some <laughs> involvement in this animosity. So we talked about Eric Spolstra. Great coach. I think it's apparent, though, that in Miami, no matter how great their heat culture is and no matter how good a coach he is, at some point you have to have the horses to mm-hmm. run the race. For sure. You can have the best jockey and, and the best trainer on the planet, but if, you're, if your horse has three legs, you're just not going to compete. Great coaching can't consistently beat better talent. Right. Right. Exactly. And... So for all the plaudits that we give Eric Spolstra, I think our cry to Miami upper uh, front office is give Eric Spolstra the players that he needs to compete right. with I these mean, just guys. Look, like look at football, right? Mm-hmm. Look at Bill Belichick, greatest coach of all time, greatest coach of all time. The, the, you know, before Brady left, it was like, who was it? Who's responsible for the championships? Brady or Belichick? Brady or Belichick? Brady leaves the first year after he leaves. Because he's the great player, championship. Bill Belichick hasn't gone back. Or, no, he went back to the playoffs one time as a wild card. And got blasted. He's done nothing, right? His defense got a perfect performance from the Buffalo Bills offense. They scored on seven of seven drives. (laughs) Yeah, and um, there was a report from uh, Carton on FS1 that he said that that they actually tried to trade for Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers declined it. Like mm-hmm. wouldn't wouldn't trade so like he's obviously like no he sees the writing on the wall and it's like okay mm-hmm. if I don't win I'm gonna be done mm-hmm. you know like that's just the reality look at Andy Reid great great offensive mind great coach you know never won a Super Bowl until right. he got probably the greatest quarterback talent mm-hmm. ever and you know? 
even in Andy Reid's defense, he still played in five straight NFC Championship games with the Eagles with Donovan McNabb yeah. as his quarterback. Yeah. So like, you you have to think. Don't hate on McNabb, bro. He's good. He was from Chicago, actually. <laughs> uh, yeah, he I think he grew. I think he was only uh, like I think he was on the other side of town from us. But mm. yeah. Um, but for, yeah, like Spolstra won some championships when he had LeBron. LeBron, and, D, he had the big three. You know, yeah. the famous. Yeah. Super team. Yeah. Like, he's been back to a few, mm-hmm. but hadn't won any. Right. But just going back shows mm-hmm. how great he is. But I agree with you. Like, you got to have, you said the horses, you got to have the weapons, mm-hmm. you know, the horses in the stable that can, that can go when it's time to go or no amount of scheming, no amount of fi- figuring out Jalen Brown can't go left is going to help you, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. <clears throat> so... You were talking about Jamal Murray wanting maybe thinking about a legacy player, thinking of what he wants to leave on the game. I've seen a lot of people tar- trying to tarnish this championship by the Nuggets because they have only played the eight. They played the eight seed Heat, the seven seed Lakers, they played the four seed Phoenix Suns, and the eight seed Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah, like, come on, guys. is there really any leg that any credence we can give to this? No. You play who you play. Right, because you think about, okay, let's, so let's say they play the eight-seed Minnesota Timberwolves. They earn that. They should not get penalized for that. They earned that seed. Yeah. They earned that opponent. Second, they played the Phoenix Suns. The Suns were supposed to beat the Clippers. That's the only team they could have played in round two unless the Clippers won somehow. Okay? So, again, that was predetermined. They earned that seeding. So the only one that they didn't earn – on their side in the Western Conference was the Los Angeles Lakers, who were the seven seed, who beat the Warriors and the number two Grizzlies. So it's so silly because it, it's like, oh, so I'm because I had to play the seven seed Lakers in the Western Conference Championship. That's a, that that's a ding against me. I don't get it. Like, the, right? The, the Lakers beat the other. Like, mm-hmm. they had to beat the other teams that you are claiming are better, mm-hmm. which doesn't. Makes sense to your argument then, because then the Lakers would be, even though they're seventh seed, they're the better team. Right. Then the Nuggets swept them. It just that's a silly, silly, silly. Yeah, that. Yeah. Those people should stop giving it's, their opinions. It's it's those are the kinds of arguments I hate because it's like so. Proverbs says, "We roll the dice, but the Lord determines how they fall." Right. And God directs there. There's God directs the paths, the steps of men. Mm-hmm. And to say that, well, your championship stinks because you only played bums. It's like, no, but did you win? You won the games you were supposed to win. I would say it would make the Nuggets bums if they lost to these guys that they should have beat, like the Milwaukee Bucks. That would have been a failure. But God put these opponents in front of you. You beat them. You did exactly what you were meant to do. And God arranged this story, and he told it this way. Well done. Also, like, okay, if I beat bums, who did the bums beat? Exactly. Super bums. Super bums? <laughs> so, I mean, am I just the best bum? Right. I'm still a, the champion of the bums, yeah. and you're not. You're sitting at home giving your opinion on my championship. Like, exactly. Dude, get out of here. Come yeah. on. It's uh, the opinions of people who watch Iron Chef and then burn their hot this pockets. Isn't, so, the only f- way I could say that is if it was like March Madness, where it's a, a single elimination. Yes. And, and you got lucky, or you just you know just rode some momentum. Or Derrick Rose. But these are just seven in- game series. The best team comes out on top. Or know? like Derrick Rose gets injured right. in the postseason, and that whole team gets derailed. Exactly. So yeah. something like that. I'm not going to stand for it. We don't accept it. 
Nuggets, be proud of what you guys accomplished. Absolutely. So, Nuggets are showed why they, why they were the number one seed, why they shouldn't have been counted out, mm-hmm. and why for the next five years, they will be Vegas's, you know, team to beat yeah. going into the playoffs every year because once you've once you've ascended the mountain, mm-hmm. now you know the path and and every other team is still trying to get that path and you have the leg up on them, right? Yeah. Like yeah. once you have the experience, that playoff experience that we've talked about that on so many episodes, like mm-hmm. experience matters when you when it comes to those high intensity moments. Now the whole Nuggets roster has it and as far as I know, they aren't going to be losing any of their No, I think their cores. I think their cores locked up. Like I, seriously, like 1 through 8 on their team is like is there for the for next season Mm -hmm. all the role players included like they're going to be a force to be reckoned with good luck agreed rest the nba so apart from denver nuggets fans i don't think anyone is flying higher than nuggets owner stan Kroenke. dude that's crazy he is probably one of the best owners in all of sports right now so just looking at the stats let me walk (laughs) you through this right now gideon so the colorado avalanche two seasons ago they won the stanley cup he owns them the Los Angeles Rams, two seasons ago, won the Super Bowl. He owns them. And now the Denver Nuggets win this NBA championship. Also, I didn't even put this in our show notes, Gideon, but his, he owns a major league lacrosse team as really? well. They won the championship this year, too. Nuh-uh. I'm dead serious. <laughs> Does he own a team that hasn't won? All his teams win. That's all, it seems like all they do is win. And so it, like, Dude, he owns that many sports teams? Yeah, this guy's awesome. Dude, he must be worth a ton of money. Holy yeah. cow. So, great owner right now. What is what is he... Where did he get his money, do you know? I Stan Kroenke? I didn't look into that. I have to look that one up. I didn't look into it, but while you're looking that up... So, I want to talk about how we wrap up this NBA season, what our summary of it is. Um, when I think about it... We've definitely seen the emergence of leaving, like the trending away from the big three teams to the big twos, um, the 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 one and ones and twos, and so because of that, we've seen more ones and twos pop up because the big threes are being broken up and distributed to ones and twos on these different teams. Mm-hmm. What, what I think when we look back on this season, we will appreciate that. You need team. You need to win a championship. You need fantastic, uh, just fantastic team structure to do it. You cannot have a team with any issues mm-hmm. whatsoever. And the, the everyone on this Nuggets team, you don't need that out that ridiculous superstar, that um, hot that scorer first guy to get it. His Jokic. He is a point guard who can score if his team needs to. Mm-hmm. He's a facilitator, for right? Sure. And if if you can if you can build a team around a good number two who can score, and then good pieces who play defense, it seems like that's all you need. I mean, yeah, it just depends on who. Again, it, so it does depend on like the era that you're playing in, right? Mm-hmm. So I think we are shifting to that to where it's like a one and two, and and then really deep through three to eight, mm-hmm. I want to say, where you can really have um, valuable minutes and stats from those guys that are coming off the bench to give rest to those other guys, especially when you get deeper into the playoffs because, I mean, it's a long season, 82 games, right. and each you know seven-game series, depending on how long it goes. Yeah, because like, at least the way I think about it, why I think we're going away from the big threes is I would rather have a two players and then instead of having that third expensive player – have two 
good players mm-hmm. to back him up mm-hmm. to, or to fill minutes for when those guys go down. At least, and so I, I think the other, I especially think, defenders when you get real good defenders. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean we saw Contavious Caldwell Pope pull amazing minutes for the Nuggets, mm-hmm. playing great defense and scoring when they needed to. Yep, like it just it was cool to see. It's cool to see the season wrap up. I'm excited that as following this, you've helped me become more appreciative of some of the things going on in the NBA. I'm looking forward to following this better next season. Cool. And I'm seeing glad. how the story same, plays uh, same out. Same for NHL. Yeah. But it, well, you talked about like top down and that, I think what Stan Kroenke shows is like, really it starts at the top, right? Mm-hmm. Like you have to have that solid structure for an organization and it always starts at the top. Cause if you look at teams that have owners that are like, you know, um, kind of sporadic and not really stable pieces in the organization, mm-hmm. They like look at Jerry Jones and the mm-hmm. Cowboys. He's just so he's like got his fingers in everything, yeah. Um, in terms of the football operations, and they just they can't get it done. And when was the last time they won a playoff game? Nineteen ninety three. I don't know something. Like, it's crazy. It was been a long time since they've won a playoff game. Oh no, sorry, they did just beat one beat Tampa Bay this year. So yeah. They, oh yeah. But before okay, before that, that, it, it was been a like time. a long time. Yeah. Um, so it just shows that like, and. He shows with the fact that with four different organizations, he's able to re- replicate that. It's mm-hmm. like it really does start with your owner, you know. Learn from this man. I think that's what we're saying. Learn yeah. from this. Oh, guy. by the way, I looked it up. He uh, real estate mogul. Oh, he owns over sixty million square feet of real estate, mostly uh, like sh- uh, strip malls next to Walmart's. Smart. That's where he. And then f- sports. So if you if you guys are looking into making good money. Sounds like real estate might be a good option. If you can get to owning 60 million square feet of it, <laughs> yeah, yes. You might have done it. <laughs> so, so that's our NBA coverage for the season until, I believe, October is when tip-off games start again. Yeah, I mean, we'll cover the draft, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. It'll be here in, I think, a week or two. Yeah. So let's move to the ice because the Stanley Cup Finals is officially over. Gideon, Las Vegas has fulfilled the promise of their owner when they came into the league. Their owner, he said, we will be in the playoffs within the first three years and we will win a Stanley Cup in year six. He's like the first night of their existence. I kid you not. He said year six, they will win the Stanley Cup. Here it was. Year six, they hoisted Lord Stanley's cup. He didn't say by year six. He just said year six. Year six, Stanley Cup. Hmm. That was what he said. Interesting. So called shot, bro. Yeah, and speaking of called shots, I believe I remember saying that Jonathan Marcheseau would take home the Con Smythe, leading the playoff as the playoff MVP. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, the former Panther Marcheseau took home. He was a Panther he, last year. No, he or was, he, he in, got drafted. He was and he was given to the Golden Knights for probably like a bag of balls, basically. <laughs> pennies on the dollar. <laughs> pennies on the dollar. And Florida didn't want him. Vegas did. And he ended up leading Vegas to the to the Stanley Cup and winning the Conn Smythe for himself wow. in the process. Against them. That's funny. Right. And so he tied in goals scored with Leon Dreisaitl from the Oilers, which is impressive how well Dreisaitl played considering Marcia so played two more rounds. Yeah, that's insane. After I him. saw that in the notes. I was like, Dreisaitl was number two? Oh, my goodness. No. He only played two Oh, he tied with him. Tied for first, and he played two more rounds than Dreisaitl. Your Oilers, man. Dude, Oilers are good. And then uh, he finished one point behind Jack Eichel, also on the Vegas Golden Knights, for most points in the season overall. Now, 
the Florida What Panthers, was your prediction, Ross? My prediction was that the Vegas would win in seven. I was in seven. I did wow. not think they would dominate them. They didn't, I did not think they would chase Bobrovsky like they did in every game. Um, ch- I don't know if you know that term, chase. Um, it, it means when they, when they score so many times on him that Florida pulls their goaltender to give him a rest and just uh, put their backup in. Uh, they chased Bobrovsky in four of the five games. Man, and he was on fire, dude. Yeah, and so they outscored the Panthers by 14 goals. Dude, when the la- what was the score of the last game? It was something nine to three. It was they clin- It was the it was the highest margin of victory in a Stanley Cup final clinching game of all time. That's crazy. And so they slay. I want to talk about um, Mark Stone. This is a guy who had back surgery about a month before the playoffs started. Intense pain he played in every single game. He ends up playing through the entire postseason. And then in the clinching game. In such a physical sport. That's in such crazy. A, he scores the first ever hat trick in the Stanley Cup final. Really? And he's, and he's, so he scored three of the nine goals in, the, in game five to clinch it. And then you have Aiden Hill, their goaltender. He ended the playoffs with a 932 save percentage. He ended with saving 93% of all the shots he faced. That's pretty good. In the postseason. And Bobrovsky was at about 95% going into the Stanley Cup final. Mm. After the Stanley Cup final, his save percentage dropped down to the into the 80s. Wow. That's how many goals they scored on him. It, it was just... It was just insane. So all in all, Aiden Hill saved 455 of the 488 shots he faced in the entire postseason. That's so many. And he went 11-4 and four overall. You had the Panthers. I think they finally fell to how physically they, they played. Um, Matthew Kachuk did not even play the, Game 5. Um, guys, he played, I don't know if you know this, he played Game 4 with a broken sternum. <laughs> He, that his, seems almost foolish to me. It is. Well, like his brother had to pick him out of bed. His teammates had to dress him and tie his skates. He physically could not bend over to do some of these things. And once that adrenaline gets going, man. I know. And um Do you know what do you know what Chuck's nickname is? They throw these things on the ice whenever he scores. What? The Rat King? Oh. Do you know do you know what a rat king is? That's a real thing. No. You know, so <laughs> In urban populations like New York, Chicago, mm-hmm. rat, rat, the rat density, rat population is so dense, mm-hmm. and because rats like are like bloody and mucusy and everything, their tails fuse together, and they like like but, like stick together, and they become one giant tangled rat. That, You're kidding! I'm dead serious. Look it up. It's there's an actual thing called rat kings, and it, that's what they call it is a rat king. Yeah. It's like a grouping of rats that have been mangled together. Yeah, they physically cannot separate because of the the fluids they emit <laughs> on their That's tails. Disgusting. It's so hideous. <laughs> I'm gonna vomit in our in our episode today, Ross. Imagine if that was your nickname. <laughs> I don't understand what the what the is it because he emits fluids or no, what, what? I have is, no <laughs> idea. What, I have no idea where the nickname came from. <laughs> but, but maybe a bunch of people watched The Great Mouse Detective and thought he was like Radigan or something. But I don't know. <laughs> Anyway, 
I didn't want to talk about the toughness of these boys, though. You had Matthew Kachuk with a broken sternum. You have Aaron Ekblad on the Panthers. He played with a broken foot that he got in round one versus the Bruins. He also played through two shoulder dislocations, had to pass a concussion test met multiple times, and he played with a torn oblique. Jeez. That's hockey for you, dude. <laughs> and, then, and then another player. Hockey players don't have teeth. <laughs> Right, they don't. They, none of them do. You had Radko Gudis as well, also on the Panthers. He played through a high ankle sprain that he should have missed six weeks doing. He missed one period of hockey. <laughs> That's like some Patrick Mahomes, but even better. And because these guys are on skates and like they're move, they they need their ankles to stop and skid and do all these. Ankles things. a very important part of a hockey player. Right. So like, these guys are such sometimes foolish but such good men like such strong men yeah tough tough, tough hard yeah. men it's insane how just how different this sport is compared to others especially me as a soccer fan i watch soccer these guys get dinked on the leg and they're like falling like they got their entrails ripped out of them but <laughs> like garrison talked about last yes time. exactly and then you have a hockey player he's got a puck embedded in his skull and he's like trying he's to smiling. And he's like, I wish this sucked more. <laughs> he's like, please hit me with a stick. <laughs> right. Lodge this deeper, please. Right. Oh, you had the guy on the Winnipeg Jets get a skate right by his eye, get 75 stitches and say, like, where's my helmet? Yeah. <laughs> but like, there's a lot that as Christian men that we can learn mm -hmm. as Christians that we can learn from that kind of toughness in like. In those moments where it's like you you got to get it done mm -hmm. and I, and you have to push through, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I remember your your brother uh, uh, KJ. He was saying to me, or saying to us one time at church. He's thinking about when he was uh, when he was sitting down to go to bed. He was saying like, "Man, I'm really tired. I should probably get to bed." And he was thinking about you know John Calvin. He would talk about how he would have his severe migraine and he'd be traveling on horse to his next town to mm -hmm. do some work. And then he's battling kidney stones while doing mm -hmm. all this and getting up and preaching. It's like, I am such a wimp. I'm a sissy girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a real sissy sometimes. So I, when I, I like watching hockey because it makes me, when I go to work the next day or when I need to get something done at the house, it makes me realize, I think I can sweat just a little bit more yeah. today. <laughs> so I think that's the message we take from this. And... The way we wrap up hockey as a whole is, like we said with the NBA, all it takes is a good, determined owner. If, if a team wanted to win, if an owner wanted to win, the team would most likely get it done. Mm -hmm. They would find a way to get it done because if you have a good owner like this and a very helpful expansion draft that the NHL does, Seattle and Vegas are good examples of that. If you wanted to win, there's a way to do it. Mm -hmm. And you just need to have the, the people in place to do it. So, I'm hoping that the Hunts... Own a hockey team in Kansas City. That would be sick. That would be sick. So, I think that round they can be good owners. Yeah, they should. They have definitely shown that. So, that covers our NHL stuff until the NHL draft in a few weeks, and then we'll pick up the season. I believe end of October that starts. So, yeah, they, those two seasons mirror yeah. each other almost identical. NBA and NHL. NBA. Those were two good seasons. They, like were. they were fun. They were exciting. I wish the, the finalists had gone just a few more games. Yeah, I know. But that's okay. We we will be grateful for what God gave us. But you love that. Dominance being dominant, right? <laughs> Amen to that. So let's move on to baseball. And I we want to kind of update on some of this. So the June 16th was the Dodgers Pride Night. It was MLB's Pride Night. MLB's Pride Night. You had the, the Dodgers hosted, again, the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. But... So I wanted to remind everybody, they're this 
transgender group where they hold mock crucifixions of Jesus while gross acts are done on a cross, like pole dancing and things like that, while things are done on a cross of hunky Jesus being Mm. crucified again. And this is all supposed to be done outside Dodger Stadium, and they're supposed to be honored as heroes of the community by the Los Angeles Dodgers. And so the Dodgers... Again, just this is just a reminder. We talked about this before, but they were not going to invite them. They they rescinded their invitation. Right when they had pushback. Yeah, Christians and and then the the alphabet mob pushed back on that. Pushed back on that, and they said, "Oh well, we can't do that." So let come on back, come on back now. Before the sisters got reinvited, the Dodgers had one of the best records in all of baseball. Okay. Since that reinvitation, they have a losing record hmm. in baseball. And since they're honoring at Dodger Stadium, the Dodgers have not won a game. They have not won a game, and they've been outscored, I believe, 22 to 5 Good. in those games. And they were swept by in state rival San Francisco Giants. Good. Who, in, is our, as far as I know, aren't a very good team no. right now. And they were swept in Dodger Stadium. Wow. So on the actual night, normally there are these. You've gone to games, Gideon. You've gone mm-hmm. to professional sporting events. Sure. You know when when a, when a group is being honored, it's usually near the start of the game. Yes, yeah, right before because they as want everyone's to, lo- filling in the stadium. Right, because they want people to be there. They want people to see this great group of people that they're going to be honoring. Yep. Or they even do this at um sporting Kansas City games. They have like the the cancer survivor seat area yep. where they honor people who have beaten cancer and stuff and yep. so and they do that stuff during the game in the royals they have the buck o'neill yes legacy seat so you see they show that and you see it yeah. exactly so but this was a different event because this event they were honoring the sisters an hour before first pitch and you looked around the stadium no one's in the dodger stadium an hour before first pitch I, right and you because it's, it's a friday night in la you look around dodger stadium the janitor's cleaning up. Both people are there. <laughs> and and so the, and they give a medal to these people and you, it made us it made everyone start thinking, okay, why why is no one here? And then you looked outside there is a large congregation of Christians and Catholics not being violent, weirdly enough, not being violent, huh. not like bat- smashing car windows, not setting garbage cans on fire. Not mugging people. Weird. Crazy how they're just walking around, praying with people, and telling people, hey, this is wrong. And this is why God says God's word says this is wrong. I saw a guy I follow on Twitter, John Root. He was there with his Galatians hoodie, and he was there as a speaker um, talking about basically rallying the Christians and saying, hey, thanks for coming out. Like, this is the exact kind of protest we needed against all this. Yeah. And... They honor. They do this metal. It was almost like they tried to hide the fact that they were doing this award, because you know, we got a lot of pushback on these sisters people, but we don't want to lose the ticket prices of our fifty-six thousand seat stadium. Yeah, and we can't really afford to honor them during the game because we might have people not show up, and we can't honor them right before the game because people might show up late, and we might lose concession prices. So. Let's do it an hour before the game, so that way we can still say we did it and not tick off yeah. anybody. We still got the we still get the PR 
from for the alphabet mob. Mm-hmm. Oh, see, they did it. Yay. Absolutely. And so they, they do that. And then, again, there, there were hardly any people there. And But then during the game, there was about 88% capacity. I think it was the final metric. I think it ended up being like 49,000 people showed up. But when the community, when these things were being talked about mm-hmm. in, from the stadium, from the public address announcer, there was almost a boo every time these things were mentioned. So, like, the crowd was like, stop it. We don't want to hear this. Yeah. Which is, first of all, surprising from Los Angeles. But. I mean, yeah. I guess that's. But it's baseball. Right. It's still baseball. So, all that to say, you think if only there were other organizations that were failing publicly for, you know, advertising campaigns that they were doing. If to only promote trans ideology. Right. If only there were other examples leading up to this that people could have seen to know this is probably a bad idea for our brand. Hmm. They might have known. Can't think of anything. Yeah, I can't. That's weird. I, I can't. I don't know of anything, I guess the bud. Dodgers just decided to be the guinea pig. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I think I, that is an on definitely not Target. Yeah, that or is Bud Light. That is an on-target <laughs> assessment, bud. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that that's the summary. Some bold strategy, Cotton. <laughs> See how it plays out. That's the summary of how this all went down. And I hope I I'm curious how the rest of this Dodger season is going to play out because it looks like things have been going south for a bit since they've. Done I mean, this. we talk about the Dodgers, but I mean, we had a same a very similar thing in our city, man. Yeah, and can, they had, Royals did a Pride Night on the 16th. Yeah. They had a drag show at Coffin Stadium. Right, and you had one of the, um, one of the MLS's top podcasts. Mm-hmm. You had a uh, some one of the guys I can't remember his name, but one of the guys he was talking about how he and his wife went to a drag show, and it was one of the greatest nights of the, his life to go to this drag show. What? And I was just like, "What? Like really? You don't have a very interesting life. <laughs> yeah, like you have a very <laughs> dull life. If that's one of the greatest experiences you've ever gone to, and like." I just I can't I I can't fathom what would be appealing about this. And anyway, people playing Major League Baseball is doing this. It makes me happy that the NFL is not on Mm -hmm. during Pride Month. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine what the NFL would be doing during Pride Month with as huge as the NFL is. Mm -hmm. Oh, it'd be disgusting. Right. Agreed. So that's our coverage of baseball for now. I believe next week we will get into our around the horn because I think we'll be at the halfway point of the baseball season. Next week. Oh, and the Royals will have three wins finally. Uh, Maybe. <laughs> no, just let's, let's. That was a joke. Yes, the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. <laughs> I believe James says. So let's uh, keep working on that one. Uh, moving on to the NFL. The Super Bowl. Speaking of the Chiefs, the Super Bowl Fifty Seven champion Chiefs had their ring ceremony last week in the Great Hall in Kansas City's Union Station. Mm-hmm. We were I had family visiting last week, and we actually went to Union Station and ate at Harvey's, the restaurant in the main uh-huh. hall there. And they were still setting up the Great Hall. Oh, that's and cool. We got to see some of the setup there, and it was really neat. And the we got to uh, hear some of the previews of like the sound bites they'd be mm. playing, and it was really that's ne- really cool. Yeah, it was a really cool experience, and it was my some of my family's first time in Union Station, so that was cool for them to see too. Yeah, they're they like, st- oh, maybe we should visit Kansas City more. You're y- like, yeah, yes, and they they still had some of the last vestiges of the the draft paraphernalia mm. up that's too, cool. so that was really neat to see as well. But you had the rings were given out to the players of the championship team. 
You had so this ring, Gideon, had six hundred and thirteen diamonds on it. That's crazy. And thirty-five rubies, totaling sixteen point one carats. That's crazy, dude. That's the that's the that's how what the the ring you got for Nadia, right? Uh huh. Yeah. That's, yep. Don't ask her. Same. That's what I got for <laughs> Emily, too. <laughs> wow. We didn't even know each other this time. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> so Mahomes, think about this. Mahomes has now done, the Chiefs have now done in five years what the Packers did in 30 years with back-to-back Hall of Fame quarterbacks. I know. Isn't that insane? It's crazy. So I love it. I love it, too. I don't know if you saw this. Did you see the Twitter banter between uh, Jamar Chase and Patrick Mahomes? I did. Talk us through it because I love it. So Jamar Chase... Our, Joe Burrow got interviewed and they were talking about um, like his goals and stuff. He's like, you know, to be the best, like mm-hmm. just the best in the world. That's what I want. And they're like, okay, like where do you think you're at? He's like, you know, I think it's obvious who the best is now. And they're like, that reporter's like, okay, who? He's like, you know, Pat. Yeah. Pat's the best. Like that's, And rightly so. That's, that's, yeah, that's who I'm chasing right now. Mm. And then his wide receiver, Jamar Chase, he gets asked in the locker room about it. Uh, you know, who's the best? He's like, oh, Joe. You know, Joe's the best. Joe's the best. And they're like, oh, well, Joe didn't even say that. He's like, Joe didn't say that. Who'd Joe say? And they're like, Joe said Pat. And he said, Pat who? <laughs> and <laughs> Mahomes, it happened to be the, I don't know if it was the night of the ceremony it, that that happened, the day of the ceremony that happened. It was so close But to it was it. so close that Pat responded on Twitter because someone had posted that, that, vi- that little video of him being interviewed in the locker room. And it was a picture of him with his at the ring ceremony with both of his rings on, and they're like on his face. And he said, "That too." <laughs> he it's so a good. Of, yeah, I know. So good. That's the kind. That's the good kind of trash talk we yeah. need in sports. But. And I love it because the the Joe brought from you know he went to Louisiana LSU where they say the uh, the Saints they say the who who day who day who day mm-hmm. and then and then he brought that up with him and Cincinnati says. Who, who, who day? day? Who day? day? They, no, they, 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 they say the same thing. The same thing. Who day? Who day? There, you know. So it's like uh, Pat. Who is like that's who? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it, it, it like it's yeah. It had like a double meaning almost. Mm-hmm. Like, I loved it. I'm like yes. Yeah, I I, I enjoy the banter, especially because I I appreciate that these two teams are not trying to like each other because they don't. Yeah, they are not. They're. I I'm glad they're not even pretending. To be competitive, yeah, they they know they know they're going to run into each other almost every year. This I, is the best rivalry since Manning and Brady. Yes, this is the new Manning Brady. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be here for a long time, hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. And I, I want, I just want more of it right yeah. now. And, and the whole NFL wants more of it. Yeah, yeah. When the Bengals and the Chiefs play, and because they're most likely, most likely going to win their divisions mm-hmm. every year. They're, they will be playing each other every single season. Mm-hmm. If As long as they finish in the same spot in their division every year, they'll play each other every year. So Right. But then you have Emmanuel Acho. Speaking of the Bengals winning their division, you have Emmanuel Acho saying, but Lamar is the only unanimous MVP in NFL history. Even Pat Mahomes hasn't done that. So I look for Lamar to be the best quarterback in the NFL next season. No. My response is, I'd like to see Lamar play 17 games in a regular season right. before we talk about him passing up the guy yeah. right now. And that was the season that, if I'm not mistaken, that was the season Mahomes got hurt. Yeah, it was 2018. When he hurt. It was when no, he, it was it was 19, 2019. 19. When he hurt his, 
Yeah, because 18. He hurt his, dislocated his knee. Yeah, because doing eight, that quarterback sneak. Yep. Right? Yeah, because 18 was Mahomes' rookie year. He won MVP that year. Not rookie year, his first year Se- start. Second year start. Yeah. Yes. Second, but yeah, he then he Lamar won it in 19. Yep. Right. And he, I think Mahomes probably would have won it that second year. Or, or Lamar wouldn't have unanimous been MVP. unanimous yeah. if Mahomes hadn't got hurt, right? Correct. So now we can say the same thing. Like, it goes both ways. Yeah. So I get the Ravens being like, well, because Lamar was hurt. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it goes both ways, and I'm fine with that. Moving on as well, we have the De- DeAndre Hopkins has visited the Patriots. Though he's not in a hurry to sign a new deal, at the age of 31, he's had some injury-plagued seasons. Like, do you what? W- teams don't want him for a reason, it seems. I, like. I don't think it's the teams don't want him. So I don't think... Oh, sorry, it's, it's the money. It's, he's too much. Yeah, yeah. O- Odell Beckham Jr.'s contract has ruined, I think, DeAndre Hopkins' chance at DeAndre Hopkins' expectations of what he's worth. Yeah, I mean, it's... So here's what's weird. Like, DeAndre Hopkins is worth, I think, in my opinion, he's worth what he was going to make with... with, with uh, Arizona. Arizona. Nineteen, twenty million dollars Like, he is really... Like, I don't think people... I don't know. Maybe because he played in Arizona and people don't watch Arizona football. But, Maybe. like... Go look at DeAndre Hopkins' tape. He has the best hands in football. He just doesn't drop the ball. When the ball's thrown to him, and he's tall enough, like, he has, his hands are amazing. His route running is amazing. Like, DeAndre Hopkins is so good. And I get, he's 31. That's the age that Julio, who's the other great receiver of his day, fell off the cliff, Mm -hmm. right? Julio fell off a cliff. But I don't think he... Julio was way more injury plagued than DeAndre Hopkins has been. Mm-hmm. DeAndre Hopkins had one injury that was bad, his knee, and then he had the suspension and then a you know, couple minor injuries. But the, the Cardinals, he had no motivation to return. Mm-hmm. Right. The Cardinals were horrible. No motivation to return from any sort of injury and play when your team's trash. So I think DeAndre Hopkins is really, really good. I think there's a lot of teams that are bidding for him. The only things that are are working against him, Ross, is the time of the year. That he got cut. Mm. Most of the teams have already used up their cap, and mm. like he's at the back end of free agency, going into training camp. It's a weird time to be the best guy on the market because people just don't have money for you. There are so many teams that would be like, if they had the money to pay DeAndre Hopkins twenty million dollars, they would do it in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. They just don't have the money. I think the Chiefs would pay DeAndre Hopkins twenty million dollars if they had it. I do. So I think the Bills would too. No, I don't think. I don't think Brett Veach wouldn't even flinch at that, like a one or two year deal mm-hmm. where they just give him the money mm-hmm. and because they have the cap space to do so. I don't think they would hesitate because yeah. he's that good. They yeah. just don't. At that point in the season, your caps are you've already done all your cap magic to get it. Okay, woo, we're barely squeaking by on the cap. So right, I I'm curious to see where he ends up because he wants to go to a contender. I'm sorry, the Patriots aren't it. They're you have the Belichick, so. But you have Mac Jones. It's Mac Jones I'm more worried about than Give Bill Give Mac Bellator. Jones DeAndre Hopkins? Are you kidding me? I, I don't not. know. I'm, 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 we disagree on this. Yeah, Mac Jones is a good quarterback, in my opinion. I, I, he was throwing to a, I know, to Jacoby Myers, I know. A, a quarterback I know. turned he, receiver. And he has Juju Smith-Schuster and maybe DeAndre Hopkins. I, but if he was in the AFC South... I would give him a higher chance of getting out of that division. But the problem is he's going against the Buffalo Bills, the Aaron Rodgers Jets, and the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins. I so get it. That, Tough that, division. That's what I'm worried about more so. 
than than Mac Jones's talent per se, because part of that plays into it. Yeah, but remember they didn't they didn't make the playoffs this year, did they? Correct. So they finished third in their division. Fourth. The, they finished below the Jets. Yeah, the Jets were the Jets were third. For real? I'm pretty sure. The yeah. Patriots. Okay, so either they finished third or fourth, which means they're going to be playing the bottom feeders of all the other divisions this year. Their schedule is going to be the other divisions in the AFC at least. Okay, so the Jets were fourth. They I forgot the Jets lost six straight to end the season. Yeah, so the the Patriots are going to be playing like the way the NFL schedule works. Like if yeah. you finish third in your division, yeah, you play one an entire AFC division, mm-hmm. an entire NFC division. You play your division twice a year, and then you play the other two remaining AFC divisions. You play the teams in those divisions that finished where you were. Yeah. So I don't know what division they're playing this year, but the the, the Patriots should have a hopefully easy schedule. That's non-division play, right? So Obviously, the division play is going to be rough. I, I hear you. But in terms of what he said he wanted – because I I laughed at him when he was saying you know he wanted to go to a contender and a good management and stable good coach stable all this stuff mm-hmm. and then I was like yeah he just he's just gonna take money right right but the Patriots is one where like it really does he's hitting a lot of those good ownership Robert Kraft good owner you know mm-hmm. Bill Belichick greatest coach of all time most people say <laughs> you've got you've just got a lot of consistency there now I get the quarterback play but the quarterback play is like. I think there's room for, yeah. for DeAndre Hopkins to go and make Mac Jones better. You know what I'm saying? So, let so me, if I'm DeAndre Hopkins, I'm thinking this is everything that I wanted because they can pay me the money too. So here, let me run you through the Patriots schedule next season real yeah. quick and just just say win or loss when okay. I read who they're playing. You tell me. You got to tell me home or away too. Okay. Um, who do they start the season off with? I believe so. I believe second I bottom team is the home team, right? In when they're giving the schedule, it's team at. Whatever. I think so. Okay. So, home against the Eagles. The start of the season? Oh, that's a loss. <laughs> okay. Home against the Dolphins. Oh, they're historically bad against the Dolphins, so okay. maybe a loss. Okay. Uh, at at uh, Jets. Oh, man. I think they can steal that. Okay. Early so, on against Aaron Rodgers, I think okay. they can get that. Okay. So, that's a W. Okay. Um, so, they're one and two. At Cowboys. They can win that early on okay. in the season. Host Saints, W, right uh, at Las Vegas, W, at or uh, host the Bills. Mm, that's a, either way. Yeah, I'll give it to you on that okay. one. At Miami, L, host Commanders, W, host Colts, W, uh, travel to Giants, W. Interesting. Okay. Um, Host the Chargers. Ooh, that, that could even be a tie. Yeah, I don't, I'll give it to you. Uh, travel to Pittsburgh. W. Okay. Host Chiefs. L. <laughs> travel to Denver. W. Travel to Buffalo. L. Okay. And host Jets. Either way. Okay. So I had seven. I had ten. Okay. So double-digit wins, and they could... And, which Based is, on my prediction, which I think could mean nothing. I think that was two better than they did last year. I mean, 
That's by the way, that was me saying if they get down, if they were to have DeAndre Hopkins. Yes, like that was me. That makes assuming sense. that. Okay, so yeah, last year they were eight and nine. Yeah. Um. So anyway, all that to say, <laughs> I am not the biggest. I I am not. I am always skeptical of players in their thirties with multiple injuries. Okay. That's 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 my issue. Fair enough. Right I can now. and I I understand that argument entirely, especially with a high asking price. If it was a one year deal. If if we were talking about a one year Juju Smith Schuster deal for the Chiefs, please do it. But incentive laden deal, right? Right. But we're but not. He's just not going to take. That he's not going to. And, and I don't think he should either, no. because he's better than Juju. I also don't think he should because, what other world are you asking someone to do that? Like, right? Hey, Ross, we really want you to be like come over to the UPS. We're the best in the industry at delivering stuff. Okay, just. Trust us. Yeah. We, we, you can be a part of being the best. We will win number one deliverer in the world. Right. Um, but we're just going to pay you um, a quarter of what you're making. Right. And I wouldn't sound? do that. Yeah, be no. Awful. Yeah, I wouldn't do like, it. And, no, thanks. Right. And <laughs> like people are wanting DeAndre Hopkins to sign for like six, seven million dollars a year. No. I'm like, guys. No. He was about to make $20 million a year. Wh- are you going to do that just to go win? Like, come on. No, it's not worth it. And um, I think th- some team will want him. I mean, shoot, Chicago or Carolina has the money, and they're they're spending like crazy. They're trying to get pieces. For he their might not want to go there. Right, exactly. He might not want to go. And so he has to pick and choose which of his five things he cares about yeah. the most, and it will probably be money. So, like, I, th- I mean, it looks like he's going to the Patriots. That's what everything's like. The only one – I will mention this. The only thing that's weird about the Patriots – they just hired Bill O'Brien right. to be the offensive coordinator. Who was in Texas. Who traded DeAndre Hopkins right. as a general manager head coach of the Texans for David Johnson. Quite possibly one of the worst trades in NFL history. That was embarrassing. <gasps> like straight up, one for one. Right. DeAndre Hopkins in his prime for aging David Johnson at running back, who played like one year with it. Tell me you hate someone without telling me you hate someone. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Needless to say, Bill O'Brien lost his job as general manager and head coach shortly right. thereafter. Right. So, I believe that's all we... That's all the NFL news. This is kind of a slow week. It's just signing rookies to their contracts and taking care of all the draft picks. OTAs and, are starting. Uh, yep, OTAs so are starting. That's fun. Oh, We're getting wait. people holding out. No, we had... um. The Patriots uh, defense player, Jack Jones, he was arrested at an airport for bringing firearms onto an airplane. Yikes, can't do that one. Can't do that. And um, he could actually be facing prison time mm. because of this. I don't even know who that guy is, but. Uh, he was he was one of their better cornerbacks. Jack Jones' brother? <laughs> Jack Jones. <laughs> not the same person, it tur- or not, not related, it turns it's out. Not Mac and Cheese? Not, not <laughs> Mac and Cheese Jones. Um, but no, uh, so hopefully that. Oh, That's an interesting one. I'm curious how what that how that will turn out and what his playing time will look like. Because we remember when Contavious Caldwell Pope was playing basketball with an ankle bracelet on, mm-hmm. and uh, that was interesting. Um, <laughs> but uh, there's a couple of interesting things in the NFL with with people holding out. You know, like yeah, Chris like Jones. Chris Jones. Uh, hopefully that gets done with him. I'm worried about that, but I think we'll be fine. Yeah, Saquon f- Barkley. The fact that Chris Jones isn't done yet is worrying to me. Mm-hmm. It wasn't worrying to me a few months ago, but the fact it's not done yet, I'm starting to sweat. Yeah, it's it's Justin Jefferson, mm. but he's still showing up to stuff. Yeah, but Saquon Barkley's not showing up to stuff. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I don't think Josh Jacobs is showing up to stuff. These running backs, man, that is 
That's got to be the worst position. If you're a kid listening don't. to this and you're playing football and you want to go to the NFL, don't play running back. Unless it's a thin position and you have a chance to make $7 million. In that case, if you're a scrub <laughs> yes, and yeah. your hope is to only make some money if you're and an, not be good, <laughs> then do that. If you're an incredibly athletic towel guy, yeah, <laughs> you're incredibly athletic towel. Go for it. No, no. by scrub I mean NFL standards. By the way, right. if you make it to the NFL, you're not a scrub. You, you you're are way more athletic than I ever could hope to be. <laughs> and go get go get that money. Yeah. Anyway, so, so let's move on to soccer, Gideon. I know you watched all the soccer that happened during your vacation. Nonstop. Nonstop. I just couldn't get enough. I of know it. you are a big soccer file over there. Yeah. But there was a tournament that happened in North America this recently, an international tournament even. Wow. So the U.S. was part of the second United, the like CONCACAF United Nations League. CONCACAF. Okay. CONCACAF. What that is that a very. You a, don't know. No, I do. No way. I do. It's an acronym for the Confederation of National North and Central America Caribbean Associated Football. <laughs> It's all the. Not only do the way they play soccer, the scoring, and the league makeup not make sense. Neither do their league names. <laughs> so basically, the simple version is: it's the teams in the North and Central Americas. Okay, so like from and Can- some islands, right? So from like North from Canada to like Trinidad and Tobago, things like that. Okay, and Guatemala, Honduras, whatever, what have you. So. My dad almost took a job there. We almost moved there. Really? Back in Tobago when I was in high school. Yep. That would be interesting fact. Pretty anyway. cool. Anyway, um, so the U.S. They in the semifinal they played their much hated rival Mexico, and these games are always wild. There's always someone gets hurt, or so there's some blood almost in every single one of these Jeez. games, and like an actual injury. Yeah, not just wallowing on the ground right. and fake pain. There's actual stuff. This time we had jerseys getting ripped up. Uh, there was like punches being thrown um everything was happening but the u.s managed to beat mexico three goals to none in this semi-final there now, were, now ross did those goals count as whole goals or were they <laughs> no these are just one game <laughs> one okay, game playoff. one game yes yeah, that makes sense exactly what you want always so yes they beat mexico three to nothing but it came at a cost because uh mexico decided to let me give you some soccer history. Mexico has traditionally been the top dog in, in this CONCACAF. In CONCACAF, yes. They have traditionally been the top dog because they're the oldest soccer-playing country in CONCACAF. Okay. They have the most history. They have the most success historically. Makes sense. Um, and it's just it's part of it's their NFL. It's part of their culture. Mm-hmm. The U.S. has progressively started to work their way up the mountain and climb an inch closer, little by little, Every year, we Mexico or the U.S. For their first major success against Mexico came in the 2002 World Cup in Japan and South Korea, where in the knockout round of 16 at the World Cup, the U.S. beat Mexico two to one, and that was their first major success against Mexico. And that's when the tide started to shift a little hmm. in our favor. When was this? You said 2002. 2002. Okay. Okay. Back in the heyday of Brian McBride and John O'Brien and Clint Mathis and all those guys and Landon Donovan, Clint Dempsey. But anyway, um, the U.S. has steadily worked their way up, catching up to them with young talent and established soccer systems and getting 
the athletic players, not just the, the players who weren't athletic enough to play the other main sports in America, but we're, some of our top athletes are now also playing soccer. So we're catching up mm-hmm. to people. So the U.S. beats Mexico 3 to nothing, and you could see the frustration on Mexico as they are real, realizing we are nowhere near good enough to take this team right now. Wow. And you could see them just start, the Mexican players were starting to lash out at players, kicking them from behind, just tripping, like scything the legs out from underneath players. Just playing dirty? Just playing dirty. Like a a U.S. player stole a ball, and Mexico player just kicked his feet out from underneath him, like full wind up and kicked his feet out from underneath him. Instant red card, Mexico player's gone. Whoa. This game got so violent, both teams finished the game with nine players on the field out of 11 total. So like they they each team starts with 11. Each team got two red cards and finished the game with nine players on the field each. What about the bench? Well, you, uh, when you get a red card, you're down a player for the rest of the game. You are? Yeah, that you don't get to sub someone in. You play 10 on 11 the rest of the game. I did not know that, Ross. That's why oh red cards, that's why red cards are so brutal. And a yellow card is the other card? A ye- right? or yellow card? Yeah, it's like uh, a yellow card is like your first technical foul. In, in in like basketball, okay. If you get a sec- a second yellow card, that's your double technical red card. You're out. It's you, two yellow cards make a red card, and then you're okay. out. Okay, but there's also penalties that don't aren't cards. There are penalties that are not cards. Yes. Okay. I but see. there are also penalties that are just you don't even get a yellow card. You go straight to red card, which is kicking someone's feet up. It's intentional it. violent conduct okay. to hurt someone. So it's kind of like basketball, like it's a non non soccer play. You're just trying to be physically aggressive, not in the game. Yes, and that straight red card carries a much higher suspension than two yellow cards does. Gotcha. So, like it was some egregious stuff going on. Like I said, there was a brawl on the field, and you had Weston McKenney. His jersey was like ripped in half down half his body, and you could see him walking off the field, like riling the crowd up, kissing the USA badge on his shirt. And great game, just fantastic game. The 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 young players on the USA. I say young players, but almost all of them are so young too. And with the World Cup being What's in, young for soccer. So a young, uh, the, they hit their primes about twenty seven, twenty eight. Okay. Um, and how long is the prime until you're like thirty? Uh, it depends. So modern day, it's become about twenty five though through about thirty two. You're at the top of your game. Yeah. Um, So you could see that the U.S. was just complete dominance. No chance. And they were just running circles around the Mexican players. So Mexico's struggling to keep up. And I talked about how young the current core is. So the oldest player on the team right now that, like, plays regularly. I don't count backup goalkeepers because they don't usually play. But the youngest outfield player on the team, Gideon, is 30. Wow. Everyone else is younger than that, and the main pieces are like 20. There are a bunch of players who are, in, who are 20, a bunch of players who are like 22, 23, 24. So wow. In, think about really it. young. Think about it. In three years, when the World Cup, the Mexico, Canada, North America World Cup comes here, mm-hmm. they'll be hitting their prime mm. just when that comes around. And so they ended up playing. We're hoping for a deep run in the World Cup. We're hoping for a deep run in the World Cup. And so they played Canada in the Nations League final. By the way, KC has one of those games, right? 
Yes, KC will be hosting a World Cup city. It will be a World Cup city, so can't wait for that. Um, anyway, the U.S. played Canada in the final, and Canada was the top team in CONCACAF for World Cup qualifying last World Cup. So they won our region last World Cup Canada? qualifying. Yes, Canada. It was the first time they'd ever made it to the World Cup. Wow. So, but the U.S. played Canada and beat them two to nothing in the so final. No one even got scored on the on the U.S. in Concacaf. It was good. Like wow. they played great, and again, and the U.S. did it. And because some of their players got red cards, like Weston McKenney got a red card, Sergio Dest got a red card for the U.S. Those two players were not able to play in the final, and they're important players for the U.S. And we beat Canada without those guys because they were suspended. Uh, but you still get your subs get to play in that next yes, game. Yes, yes, It's not like you're nine on eleven. Correct. Then to start the next yeah, game, your subs get to you. You get to feel feel the full team. But those guys who got the red cards, they were suspended for the final and couldn't play. Man. And we still beat them two to nothing. That's awesome. So this is a great great moment for the interim coach B.J. Callahan, who he was interim. So he was filling in for Greg Berhalter, who was being kind of like evaluated after how poorly he managed the World Cup mm. and didn't manage the talent that he had the best. So like one of our 20-year-olds, Giovanni Reina, he's the son of legendary U.S. player Claudio Reina. Gio Reina was not treated, like just was left for dead by Greg Berhalter for reasons that we're still unsure about completely mm. when we needed him in the World Cup because we had trouble scoring. Like he didn't. Put him on the team. He didn't play. No, he, he was on the team, but he didn't play him at all. And he's one of our best attacking players. Hmm. So we, I'm, I'm, which brings me to my next point. The U.S. has decided to retain Greg Berhalter as their coach. I would much rather them keep this B.J. Callahan guy, who seemed like he had the boys running mm-hmm. and playing and playing good soccer. But I'm hoping Berhalter has learned his lesson, and that as these next three years go, he learns how to manage the people around him properly. And this World Cup cannot be afforded to be missed. It's on our turf. It's in our country. It's on our continent. We didn't miss the World Cup last year. No, we didn't. But we, what I mean is we cannot have a bad tournament. Okay. So what would be – so give me your expect, proper expectations. A lot of my expectations. So it's home turf. What would you expect to be like, okay, we did – we met expectations okay. for the U.S. Talk soccer team in so, 2026. In the World Cup history <laughs> – only once has a host nation failed to make it out of the World Cup, out of the group stage, to qualify for the knockout rounds where it's just one game playoffs. Only once in World Cup history has the host nation failed to advance wow. to the next round. That was South Africa in 2010. But we have, this is a host continent, isn't it? Right. We've had host continents before, though, too, because we've had Japan and South Korea host jointly before. We've had. Okay. Um, Russia and Ukraine host, host one before, okay. I believe. So we've had multiple host nations before. Now, for me, on a, on a home country hosting, the U.S., in my opinion, and again, this is early, we're three years out, but if they, a successful tournament for me would be a quarterfinal trip. So that's out of the group stage, win your first round? Out of the group stage, and then win the knockout round, which is the round of which is the round of 16, and then advance to the last eight. To me, that was... That so is, the final eight teams? That is the minimum for success. Wow, that's uh, a huge bar, bro. Well, There's we, 64 teams, aren't there? Uh, 32. is eight groups of four. 
Oh. Eight groups okay, of four. That's, not, that's big. Okay. Yeah. So, but it, when you are the when you are the host nation and when you have this much talent, they have the talent to do it. Yeah. They just need to do it at the World Cup. And, and, and there's no better time than 2026 when you're at home. Yeah. Because it, it just it has to be done. Question on if you know this about Kansas City, are we hosting like a group so you, game or do we get multiple games or is it one game? So you're going to be ho- they're probably going to be hosting different games from different groups. So like usually you usually one group does not play in one city. Okay. They're usually all over the place because the games all play. So like day 1 of the World Cup usually they play group A will play today. Group B will play today. Then group C will play today. So all oh, but and they'll they'll stagger them as they go. Um so but but what am I saying? Are we like a group stage host city, or are we like a quarterfinal? Because there's so many cities that it's in, right? Mm-hmm. I assume like the quarterfinal is going to be in a city, the semifinal and the final, and then there's going to be like group stage cities. So I assume. So I don't know. The that. group stage cities will also play knockout round cities. Okay. I, I, I'm pretty sure that's usually how so it works. So we'll get multiple games. Yeah, we'll get multiple games. Are you going to go to one of them? Am I ho- I'm, so if the U.S. or the Netherlands is in Kansas City... Why the Netherlands? Because we're from my family's from Dutch. We're from the Netherlands. Oh. So if we're if one of those two teams is playing, I will go to a game, one hundred percent. What if it Lord won't, won't? Then you're one hundred percent not going, or uh, uh, then you uh, might go. I'm not going to pay. I'm not going to. I don't want to pay the money for a team that I'm not emotionally or like citizenry invested in. Okay. If that makes. sense. I don't sense. know how much a ticket to the World Cup is going to cost. They run a good amount of money. Really? Yeah. yeah. Like not Super Bowl, right? Uh. <laughs> Depends. It de- so, uh, let like me look. Super Bowl tickets five grand. Yeah, it's probably not that much. Um, That's not including airfare to get to the city and all that stuff. Yeah, let's see. So, in the World Cup in Qatar, mm-hmm. the average World Cup ticket price was one thousand six hundred dollars. Okay, so pricey. And that's in Qatar. So we'll see how things go. Well, Qatar is a very wealthy country. Yeah. So. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Where my wife's family's from. That's right. So yeah, that was a tournament that happened in the U.S. Also in Europe, we had the UEFA, which is the European uh, nations. Spain defeated Croatia to win the UEFA Nations League finals in a shootout. So they won, I believe, three two on penalties. Wow, if I recall correctly. So that's all the soccer news, Gideon. Let's get to some quick hits and let's wrap up this episode. Okay. Are you a golf fan? Absolutely not. All right. So, Have so I heard about this story? Yes. The PGA Tour commissioner, Jay Monahan has agreed to merge the PGA Tour with the Saudi Arabia-backed Live Golf Tour. The two entities will merge into a new entity that will combine their assets into one with, of course, Commissioner Jay Monahan as the CEO of the new organization. The PGA will remain a nonprofit organization. Did you know that the, the PGA Tour is a nonprofit? A non-profit yeah. yeah and retain full control over how its tournaments are played. PGA players that took a stand for the good of the PGA and the good of the game and turned down crazy amounts of money feel like they just got betrayed by their own commissioner. Now, because you think about players like Rory McIlroy, who represented the PGA and tried to stay strong and protect the game and protect the tour, he was offered like $500 million from Liv to come and play less golf, play in a more relaxed environment, and turned it down to stay on the PGA Tour. 
And then you have Jay Monahan standing up before everybody and saying, I have family who died in 9-11. Dude, he used 9-11. He, he played the 9-11 card. As he, a, like, guilt trip. Yeah. It's like, I, had fa- I know people. I have friends who died in 9-11, and I know people who have been touched by 9-11, and we will not accept money from Liv. To, from those people. From like, those people. Just, uh, just associating so- the country of Saudi Arabia with terrorism. Right. Like, what, bro? And then, shortly after that, he then says, wait, how much money do they have? <laughs> and then, in almost a call overnight, merges live with the PGA Tour, and the players, and PGA is a player-run organization. Mm-hmm. They had little say in this, and this was a blindsiding to them. And all of a sudden, all those players who took the live money went to Saudi, went to the Saudi League, made buckets of cash. They come out of this scot free because they're going to be welcomed back into the PGA. Just pay their membership fee, rub, dust their hands up, and say, "Man, it sure is great to be a gangster." Yeah, right. And well, the federal government, the United States federal courts, are this merger is going to the federal courts to possibly be overturned. Right. That'll be. So interesting. Because <laughs> so I was thinking about this, Gideon. So the Saudi le- the Saudi investors, they are very big in soccer. So they turned the, the history of Manchester City around. With when they entered into soccer, Manchester City had been a middling club that had accomplished literally jack squat in the entirety of their existence. And then the Saudi money comes in, this unlimited piggy bank of infinite money, this this uh, Mario coin block that never runs out. They they inf- give this huge incursion of capital into the into the Manchester City organization, and now they've become the greatest, most successful club in the last decade and a half. Crazy. And then they also got into Newcastle United, another English team, again, another middling club with good history, but they haven't done much in the last 30 years, and now they're in the top four in England with, suddenly with this money. And it got me thinking, Gideon, they clearly, they have been, this, this Saudi investment firm, they have been buying up sport, like building sports properties and buying organizations left and right to kind of get investments going. To get, they just have too much money, these Saudi princes. They have so much money, but it got me thinking. So they, they, they effectively bought their way into a minority stake in golf. They ruined, they, they bifurcated golf, they split it up for, two, for five years, and then overnight, they're back in. Their money is in. They're basically a firm. They have a firm footing now in the income of cash in the PGA Tour. Mm-hmm. So it got me thinking. Imagine if, and I know this is a very far-fetched example, but imagine if they got involved in like XFL and they started saying like, hey, um, Aaron Rodgers, we'll give you $500 million to go play quarterback for the St. Louis Battlehawks. I don't think this is a question of if. I think this is a question of when. So I, I, I am with you. I think this that's why the federal government is um, kind of investigating this mm-hmm. is because this is um, the people that have all this money are from are like from the government. Yeah, like the Saudi government, mm-hmm. like princes, like the people who the are oil sheiks. Yeah, like the U.S. government is like, yeah, we can't be having. You coming over here and doing this. We can't I, be I don't know what kind of stuff we're talking about here, how conspiracy theorists we're getting, but uh, it seems a little sketch that the Saudi the Saudi Arabia is doing this. You right. Because so, I just fully suspect something 
like that to happen, right? right. Like I, Saudi makes a a you know all the way across the world Middle Eastern football yeah. you know organization, and they're like, "Hey, Tom, you want to unretire? We'll pay you five hundred mil." Your DeAndre Fox Hopkins. contract will pay you that in two years. DeAndre right? Hopkins will give you $100 million yeah, to go on. play for the Arlington Renegades. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I suspect it to be like a – because Live Golf was like – It was all over. It world. was all over because yeah. golf goes all over. Yeah. But what, what am I thinking of that was – there was something – there's another sport that's like you had to, like, go over there. Maybe I'm thinking of soccer. You might be with – yeah, because Ronaldo went to the Saudi League Yeah, that's as well. probably what I'm thinking of. So, um, But it's – yeah, they could totally go into the XFL, USFL, whatever. That'd be so silly. But and just start offering because the reason those those um leagues will never compete with the NFL is because they don't have the cash flow. They don't have the money to entice mm-hmm. people to come. Like mm-hmm. think about a guy getting drafted. Think about perfect timeline. Archie Manning. Right? He's a freshman at Texas this year. Three years from now, maybe this happens. And he gets drafted to the NFL, and then they say, "Hey Arch, we'll and give you six hundred. Hey, we'll give you a billion dollars." <laughs> hey, you know that rookie contract you got? How about you sign the kind of contract you'd sign after your rookie deal as your rookie deal with us? Right? How and would he's you like? like eh, all right, this is. <laughs> how'd you like to make more money than your entire family history combined? Yeah, <laughs> and and your family comes from a ton of money in the league in which you just got drafted, and right. we'll still pay you more than that. Yeah. That'd be wild. That would be, oh my gosh. Anyway, let's move on. To, these are quick hits. These are quick hits after all. Uh, Jude Bellingham, the great English soccer player from uh, Dortmund in Germany, has been signed to Real Madrid for a yet undisclosed fee. He was the much, mo- probably the most sought-after midfielder in Europe at the moment, and Liverpool were looking for him, but of course Liverpool will never spend the money they need to get the players they want, so they lose him to Real Madrid. Moving on, Dejan Kulusevski, the great uh, winger, has been signed to a five-year, $30 million deal to Tottenham Hotspur. He leaves Juventus at last after his loan deal at Tottenham is finalized, and he is now there for five more years. Much, A much-needed deal for Tottenham and a good deal for the 23-year-old winger. And then Real Madrid's second all-time goal scorer, Karim Benzema, has signed into the Saudi League as well with Al Ittihad. He will be joined there after the summer. And then Liverpool standout James Milner has parted ways with Liverpool after leading them to victory through his time there to win every possible trophy that Liverpool can win during his tenure there. He joined Liverpool from Manchester City and then led Liverpool as a uh, longtime sub and part-time captain. Well, he now joins his former teammate Adam Lallana by moving to Brighton and Hove Albion and joining the Seagulls as he moves into the latter stages of his career. In the basketball world, Draymond Green has declined his option and will now become a free agent for the first time in his career. The Warriors' mainstay and emotional thermostat departs from the Warriors' most likely. Departs from the Warriors' most likely. He relieves as the four-time NBA champion and the 2016-2017 Defensive Player of the Year. The Phoenix Suns have finalized a trade for Bradley Beal with the Washington Wizards. The trade includes the Wizards receiving Chris Paul, Landry Shamet, multiple second-round picks, and a first-round pick swap. The Suns will also receive forward Isaiah Todd. Weirdly, this deal happened on Father's Day weekend, and Bradley Beal's agent, Mark Bartlestein, is the son of Phoenix Suns CEO Josh Bartlestein. So happy Father's Day, Josh. 
<laughs> you got your son a good deal. Then three-time sixth man of the year, Lou Williams, has officially retired from the NBA. He played 17 years in the NBA. He ends his career with the most career points off the bench in NBA history, over 13,000, which is 2,000 more than second place. Ja Morant has been suspended 25 games for the 2023-2024 NBA season. Crazy. Shortly after, or this, this news comes shortly before he was named the cover athlete of NBA 2K24. Um, <laughs> Uh, he was suspended because of what com- NBA Commissioner Adam Silver called reckless conduct to himself and the league um, by brandishing a firearm in an Instagram video while mo- in a moving car. Twice. The se- for the second time. For the second time. The first time he did it, he was uh, intoxicated at a strip club yeah. and brandishing a firearm. So after the damage done to the to the badge the nba the nba players association will contest this decision because they believe it is unfair based on the actions done lastly michael jordan is selling his majority stake in the charlotte hornets estimated to be worth 3 billion dollars at present jordan will retain a minority stake with the hornets uh, Rick Schnall and Gabe Plotkin will take over as governors of the Hornets. Yes, governors, because the NBA doesn't call them owners. They call them governors for some reason. Jordan's lackluster time as owner can only really be viewed as a failure, I think. The, Char- the, Hornets have, the Bobcats slash Hornets have never done anything during his tenure there. Nope. And um, I think Nick Wright said rightly, if we're going to count Jordan's shoe success and his Air Jordan success, as part of his career, then the Hornets ownership access failure needs to be counted as part of his legacy as well. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious how that will be viewed when we look at Jordan in a grand scheme of things. So Gideon, that's all we have for today, man. Great episode. This I loved it. We had a lot to get back to. It's so good to have you back in the chair again. Yeah. So good to, good to uh, good to after be, vacay. Right. Good to be back. Uh, especially after our interview episode, lots more to talk about though, as we go through the summer, I hope that this episode was beneficial to you. If it was, please uh, follow us on social media. You can find us at, at Kingdom City KC on Twitter. And on Facebook, you can find our Kingdom City Facebook page. Please look us up. We are always posting there, always putting stuff up. If you have any topics you want to talk about, let us know through there. And as always, take what you've learned today into your city and change your city for the kingdom. I'm Ross. That's Gideon. Peace. Deuces. <laughs>